Welcome back to the Facts About PACs. I'm Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Adam Belmar. Thank you, Michaela. You know, we're here in May 2022. It's our first episode of the month, and it's another of our occasional series, Solutions in Action. Today, we're looking at audits and compliance in the PAC space. What does your PAC need? What does your PAC board want? And what are the top three things to keep in mind when engaging a third party for help? Coming up in just a minute, we're joined by Brian Bender, team leader, trade associations and membership organizations at Witham. Yes, Witham can help with that. It's another Solutions in Action, and Brian Bender is the perfect guest. But first, a few NABPAC activities, Michaela. We're back in person. It feels really good. We had a great event this week. More on the way. Oh my gosh, Adam, we had an excellent turnout at our offices this week with renowned political analyst David Wasserman from the Cook Political Report. Just a fantastic way for us to kick off our back-to-in-person meetings and events. Great insights from him, just great energy in the room from our members. The timing couldn't be better. I mean, we are always talking about best practices, bringing in leaders in our space like we do today. But Dave Wasserman, from the Cook Political Report, is bringing deep insights into every race around the country, all of the candidates and races that our PACs are looking at, and then bringing in the latest in the news. And I think there's been a little bit of news. Our timing couldn't have been better from the perspective of potential change with Roe v. Wade and the Supreme Court leak. Wasserman had some great insights on that as well. We also were able to break the news to our members that he is also going to be one of our keynote speakers at our post-election conference at the Breakers this November. So can't wait to circle back with him in just six months to, to sort of hear the end results of these elections. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAP activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's episode is brought to you by Access Marketing Services. From design to podcasts, from infographics to digital, work with the team that leading PACs and government affairs programs call when they need results. Access Marketing Services. Thank you, Adam. And we're joined now by Brian Bender, team leader, trade associations, and membership organizations at Witham. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. So great to be here for Solutions in Action, Michaela. And any opportunity I can get to sit down with you and Adam, I'll be there in a heartbeat. Oh, well, thank you. Brian, let's get started and get the most important question out of the way first. What is a PAC audit? Well, that is a very important question, Michaela. But before we talk about a PAC audit, Let's talk about what an audit is in general. And an audit is not absolute assurance. We don't test every transaction and fraud, if it is occurring, it's not necessarily going to be caught by a financial statement audit. And in fact, only 4% of all fraud is identified by external financial statement audits. A majority are actually identified by internal controls that already exist, such as having a budget to actual reporting process with your board or having other types of practices in place like a whistleblower policy. And we do look at all of this as part of a process for the audit. So I don't want you to think, oh, the audit has no value. But I do like to point that out because it's a common misconception that an audit will find every compliance finding or every instance of fraud. And that's not necessarily the case. Now, a financial statement audit is meant to provide positive assurance that your numbers are materially correct. And the process of getting there can be quite intensive, even for the simplest of organizations. So for ease of understanding, I like to break it down into four parts. 
And that includes one, understanding your operations and needs, two, designing your audit, three, executing on that audit plan, and four is finalizing a report and speaking with those charged with governance, whether it be your board or your committee. So first off, understanding your operations and needs sounds pretty simple, but there are a lot of questions behind that. For a PAC specifically, how are you organized? What type of PAC are you? Do you report on a cash basis, a gap basis, or somewhere in between? Do you report to the IRS? Do you file a full form 990 or just an 1120 POL, or maybe you file neither? Are you separately incorporated? Do you outsource your accounting and compliance operations? What systems do you use? Is there a donor database? Do you have a website? Is there payroll integration? So you see how it kind of just keeps on rolling with the questions. And that's because to design our audit plan, we need to understand all of these things. And, you know, one of the first responses I get is, you know, we just have the PAC checkbook. And even in that instance, you know, we need to understand what goes into those controls. Who's signing the checks? Is there dual authorization? Who's approving the expenses? Who's developing the budget? So we really want to understand what's going on from an audit standpoint on a daily basis, a weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, and over the election cycle. And that gets into even deeper, what are your cash receipt processes and what are your controls around that on who you get money from? Are there pre-authorizations from your members and what does that look like? And then on the flip side of that, money going out, what controls are around your disbursements to make sure that you don't exceed certain limits, whether it be at the federal level or the state level. And then getting into general, I'll call it governance. What is that budgeting process? What's your reporting process? Who are your vendors, your compliance partners? And what considerations are you giving to cyber and data security? Because even if you don't have systems in place, you might piggyback off of your parent company or your association, and you probably maybe receive credit card information. So then you get into certain things like PCI compliance. And if you're retaining any of that credit card information, there's certain rules around it. So all of these things kind of get into us understanding the organization and developing that audit plan so that we can obtain that assurance. Michaela, I'm thinking immediately when I hear Brian talk about this, that I should stop all of our listeners and say, yes, there is a transcript to this episode. I was looking for a pen and I'm sitting here live and I couldn't find one. And I'm thinking about <laughs> all those beautiful questions. And they're also important, Michaela, because if you are a leader of a pack, these are the questions that you need to know to ask and then seek to find the proper answers and make sure things are set up the way they should be. And you talk about this all the time, Michaela. Yeah. And, you know, it's a growing, and I'm, Brian, we can't wait to get into this a little bit more. I mean, such important questions to start asking out of the gate. And part of this is, you know, per the Federal Election Commission, PACs aren't required to conduct audits, whether it's an internal or external audit. But we have for years talked about this being a best practice. And so I'm just curious from your perspective, are you seeing the PAC space as a growing space in your field? You know, and, and when you when you think about PACs. And to your point, they are not required to have an audit in most cases. In some cases, they're organizing documents and governance is what's pushing that, that audit. And sometimes, I guess from what you could say is, is external factors, PACs want to show that they do have these good governance policies and procedures in place. And so a lot of times that's pushing organizations to say, we want to get an audit. And that's why coming out the bat, I'm like, well, what is an audit? And really understanding what you're getting and what value the organization gets from going through that process, because there is, to be quite frank, a sticker shock. 
because there's a lot of time and effort that goes into me as a CPA signing my name to saying, we went through this process and these numbers are not materially misstated. And I did an internal control, not assessment, but I understood the organization's internal controls. And I reported any material weaknesses or significant deficiencies that I identified as part of that process. So that's the audit. And that's kind of the highest level of attestation we can provide as CPAs. But PACs vary in size and complexity, and their budgets don't allow for that amount of overhead all, all the time. So the question I get a lot is, well, what's the alternative? And an alternative to getting a full audit is to do something along the lines of a financial statement review, which doesn't include quite as much cost, as much documentation, or I'll call it checking all the boxes that we're required to because of our professional standards. But we can still provide what's called limited assurance with a reviewed financial statement and still look at all those transactions. But it's important, I would say, from a governance standpoint of talking about your PAC boards to say, are you comfortable with those procedures that are in place for what's happening, meaning from that internal control standpoint, that checks are going out appropriately and they're getting signed and money coming in is actually coming in from where it's supposed to be coming into. Because if you do want somebody to look at those individual transactions, then an audit's the, the route to go. But if you're more concerned on, I want to make sure that we didn't send out too much money to one person, or I want a higher level review analytically somebody to look at information, reviewed financial statements are a less costly option, as well as if you have specific risks, so that either the board or an executive director really wants to look at, we can do what's called an agreed upon procedure report. And that is very, very focused to say, okay, this is one area we want you to do X, Y, and Z in and report your findings. Um, we've done that in a lot of cases as well. Brian, I feel like I've just gotten into my first In-N-Out burger and a real <laughs> pro took me aside to give me the secret menu. Here are the things that you can ask for and should know about that are not listed on the board above. Because as you say, all of our members and listeners are working with organizations and packs of varying sizes. So what do I need? What can I afford? And what is my long-term strategy? Seems to be very much the approach that you're advocating for folks to, to find smart people, third-party advisors, and not just tell them what you want exactly, but really talk through what your long-term game plan is and strategize about what kind of resources we might have as we endeavor to, to sort of climb the mountain one little bit at a time. Absolutely. And I think, I think the really important thing is to find somebody, uh, find a firm that has experience that you value and is somebody that you can trust. When you go out, if you determine that this is something that kind of you need, or maybe it's something that you're just looking into is talking to those two or three firms, getting proposals from them, looking at their qualifications, and then getting on a Zoom meeting or meeting them in person and talking to them and talking about where you're at in your organization's life cycle. And if it makes sense to do any of these things, or even if it's just have a conversation and develop that relationship with a, a CPA or a public accounting firm who has this type of expertise to kind of supplement those other vendors that you might have, like your legal counsel and other advisors. So Brian, you talked about some really important questions that a PAC manager needs to be thinking and asking right out of the gate. What advice do you have for our Facts About PACs listeners when it comes to the timing of an audit? specifically timing in an election cycle and the overall frequency for audits? That's an awesome question, Michaela, and it's, it's so important for PACs. And I know a lot of PACs go through that full audit based on the election cycle, 
and want to report soon after that cycle is complete. So say you report on a period of January 1st, 2020 to December 31st, 2022, right? Um, you need to start looking for an auditor now if you don't already have one. And that's because our traditional busy season, which runs from January to April 30th, fills up really, really quick. Um, and especially with, uh, you know, staffing needs as of now and, you know, a lot of people bouncing between firms and, and there's a resource issue at, at some firms, you want to make sure to get kind of ahead of ahead of that curve. I would also encourage if your PAC has retained an auditor to do work already and you do that audit on an every two year cycle to set up procedures to be involved on a more ongoing basis. And what I mean by that is, even though you might have the audit done on a two-year cycle, have them come in halfway through. Review that 2021 activity for year one. Have the discussions about what changes have occurred. Maybe there's been turnover at your PAC. Maybe you're using new systems. That shouldn't wait until the end of 2022, because what if something needs to be improved? What if there was something that we could have caught through our procedures that we're going to perform anyway at the end of that next year that could be corrected before the end of the election cycle. I think that's really what I would encourage, even though I know there's a highly focus on that report that you would get at the end of that two-year period. You know, Brian, it's important for all of us to think broadly, as I know you do, about the environment that we're in. This is political activity. Compliance is very important. And all of the third-party help that with them, in your case, but other providers out there offer, helps keep you in a good governance space. You've been talking about that. And one of the things that we talk about on the Facts About PACs podcast a lot is making sure that your PAC board members and leaders in your company, if you're an employee-funded PAC, aren't surprised that this is not the first you're hearing of anything because it's really important that that communication flows. And I, I really feel, Michaela, like what this Solutions in Action episode is that if you are in charge of all of the things that are involved in your PAC, you've got to be an expert on these things too and have the right people beside you. It will save so much time, energy, resources. This is something that I did with my pack early on in the early 2000s. And I started with an internal audit and then eventually moved to an external audit. And Brian, I'm curious, what's the difference between maybe starting with an internal audit, if you have an organization that can do that, uh, versus an external audit? I would highly encourage exactly what you did. Gaining an understanding yourself and figuring out, you know, what's going on within the organization and doing your own assessment based on what you know in your activities. You have a wide range of membership that has very differing operations based on membership. And so, you know, they understand how that money should be flowing. And so let's make sure that it's happening the way that it should and assessing those policies and procedures and documenting them. Because before you can really even get into the external audit and communicating what you're doing, you need to understand it yourself. So making sure that you have everything together in your own right. So have you compiled all of your organizing documents, your charters? Have you went over everything to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to? I can't tell you how many organizations we go into and we're like, can you give us the, the PAC charter or, or whatever governing documents you're using? And, and they go, oh, well, here they are. And then we ask questions and like, oh, that says that in there. So, you know, doing that self-assessment can really set you up very, very well to bring in that external party 
to then give the third party verification. And it also makes not only our fees lower because we know that you've already gone through that process and you've documented it and you can provide it to us very quickly. It gives us a level of comfort coming in as an external auditor that you have those policies and procedures in place already. Brian, you mentioned it at the beginning of this podcast, and I want to double back here as one of the key things for PAC managers to keep in mind when you're thinking about compliance, when you're thinking about audits, when you're reaching out to an expert like Brian Bender at Witham, and that is all of the personal information that a PAC has information on. And we're in a world now where cybersecurity is not just that thing that flies by your head in a headline and you think that doesn't pertain to me. When you have details about your colleagues and your members, being vigilant is just table stakes. You can do a lot more. You've got to be able to stand up to withering questions if something goes wrong. What's the advice? What do people really need to be thinking about implementing to keep information safe? Well, I think the first thing to do is to do kind of an inventory of what information you gather and what information you retain and where that's stored. One thing that Witham does for any of our actually proposals, even before we go talk about our audit clients, is we do a complimentary assessment. And I'm going to not do this justice, but a not a penetration test, but we do a scan of your website and how many kind of, I think they use the term vectors, access points there are to your systems and we score it. And we provide you an opportunity to say, here's based on our external review of your website and access into your systems, kind of is our external view of how your organization scores. And then we'll offer to have a conversation about it. And there's all kinds of things that you can do at an organizational level to make sure your data is secure. Um, so uh, not only assessing your vendors and making sure whether, like I mentioned, from a credit card standpoint, you're PCI compliant, but there's certain things that you can do to make sure that those service organizations are doing things to secure your data. Well, Brian, this is incredibly insightful information. I know all of our listeners like Adam said, are taking lots of notes. For our listeners, Witham is also a NABPAC member. We're so proud to have Brian and Witham as part of our team here at NABPAC. And really want to thank you so much, Brian, for joining us on another special Solutions in Action episode of the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Michaela. And it's been an absolute pleasure to be here with you and Adam today. And thanks to everyone downloading and sharing the show. Subscribe and meet us right back here on the Facts About PACs podcast.